Welcome back to the Content Swap Podcast. You are joined by Parker and Aaliyah. And if you are new to the Content Swap Podcast, this is a podcast in which we assign each other a piece of content and engage with it for the week, and then we reconvene on this podcast and share our thoughts and a little bit of fun facts. Before we dive in, we always like to provide a little news life update, so uh, go ahead and take it away. What is new with you this week? Um, hold on, I get these headphones from around my neck. Um, typically I come to the podcast with like nothing. I'm always like, I didn't really engage with much this weekend. And I don't know how it's happened. I don't know where I found the time, but I engage with a lot. Um, so to start off with, I have a list because I've been documenting so I I don't forget. I also wrote a list (laughs) for my update. It's like, have we been working this week? Have we been doing what we should be doing? Right. Maybe not. Um, Because, yeah, I don't know how I managed to get all this done. But I, so I, you had seen Killers Killers of a Flower Moon, Killers of a Flower Moon or of the Flower Moon? The Flower Moon. Killers of the Flower Moon. I really wanted to see it, but at the time when you went to see it, like things just like weren't working for me and I just couldn't manage to do it. So I finally, now that it's streaming, decided to watch it. I still have an hour left, which is shocking to me because I feel like I spent my whole morning watching it. So you've seen two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It felt like I spent my whole morning watching it and yet there's still more left. Um, great movie. I think some things were lacking. I don't know. I just wish it was from a different perspective. Um, but, you know, overall... It's a solid movie. Very sad, very hard to watch. So at some point before the Oscars happen, I will finish that last hour. Goodness. (laughs) Too long. Um, But yeah, I also, so I'm going to talk about the things that I did by myself and then we can talk about the things we watched together. Okay, perfect. Uh, I also watched Minari. So yesterday I was feeling really, really crappy. And so I pretty much spent the day in bed. Um, which is why I was able to watch a lot of movies. And so Minari was one of them and I enjoyed the movie. It was a bit slow and I think I was, what was I? I was doing something at the same time. I might've been crocheting at the same time. Mm. Um, so I wasn't fully paying attention. Mm. Um, but like the overall star, first of all, the little boy was just going in on his grandma. It was so Uh, funny. we got what you got to go into the context of the story. You can't yes. just talk about yes. some random little boy. I know. Um, so the the story is essentially about a Korean family who moves to I think it's Arkansas, um, and they like basically start like a farm ish kind of yeah. I yeah I guess you guys yeah they're a starting farm. yeah they're starting a farm. Um, and so it's just about them like starting this farm and some obstacles they run into. Also being in Arkansas, and there's like a very small Korean population there. Um, and, and so it's like, like it's the 80s too right yeah and so it's just like kind of a tough transition especially for the wife um, and so it's just kind of documenting what's going on with the family as they make this transition um, but yeah they have a son who's the youngest so they have an older daughter who's probably like nine and they have a young son who's probably five six maybe so there's three kids? No, two kids. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry the way you said that. Was yeah, the way confusing. I said it was weird. Um, so the the youngest son, the only son, 
it's it's fairly young and grandma grandma moves in with them and he hates her <laughs> i distinctly remember that part of the movie when i watched it yeah and he makes it clear that he hates her and it's just it's so it's like really sad because you're like that's your grandma like come on and like but it's also really funny because you know he's a kid like he doesn't understand how like hurtful that might be right he like it's, says things like yeah, she smells funny and yeah. stuff and it's just like and he gets in trouble for it and everything but it's just, like it's just like him being adamant to dislike her and to be like i want nothing to do to you was just kind of funny um but i think by the end of the movie he kind of gets over that uh so yes yeah, so that was another thing that i watched I started The Curse, which I have been dying to watch the show. And I thought we didn't have like access to it because I knew it came out on Showtime. But it turns out it's on Paramount Plus. And so today I finally started it. I'm on, I think I just finished episode two. Um, and it's quite the interesting show. If you haven't heard about it, it's a 824 show um basically about it's got emma stone and what's the comedian's name nathan fielder nathan fielder yeah they are like house flippers and they uh, are basically creating a hgtv show um but what they're doing is basically gentrifying a place however they're very adamant that they're not gentrifying and they're trying to make the show look like they're all about philanthropy and like providing jobs for the locals and like building sustainable houses. And then with the money they make from these sustainable houses, subsidizing like people's rent so that they don't have to pay these rent incre increases and they can stay in their homes and things like that. But it's like, they're not quite doing what they're saying they're doing. And they also are doing really like, problematic and just like weird things and so like the premise like one of the very first episode nathan there's this little girl who is like selling selling sprites outside of a store or something like that you know to make some money and uh so the i guess it's the producer or the director of the show is like hey why don't you give her some money we'll film it because that'll be good content for the show. Oh, yikes. Yeah. And Ugh. so he only has a $100 bill. So he gives her the 100 And they're like, great, we got the shot. And he takes the 100 back. He's like, hey, I, like, can I have that money back? I'll give you 20 bucks, but I just need to go get change. And she's like, but you gave me this 100 What? Like, what are you? No. And he takes it back and so she's like i curse you <laughs> and so that's why the show is called the curse and i'm assuming weird things are gonna happen emma stone's really freaked out about this curse and he nathan lied to her and said that he went back and found the girl and gave her money the like the money that he promised her he did not but yeah so it's is it a so, comedy it's like a dark comedy i okay. guess you could consider it sure um so yeah so that's all the shows and movies that i engage with do games. you recommend all of them yeah 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 i do didn't sound like you recommended minari i don't know it didn't sound I mean, like it's you a, liked it like if you like if you're if you don't know what to watch you're just not sure just put it on you know yeah that's actually a perfect way of putting it because i watched that movie on a plane yeah it's yeah. like if you don't know what to do it's a good watch. Yeah. Um, Stephen okay. Yeun's in it. 
great. We love him. Yeah, we love him. Yeah. Um, games. I actually played some games this weekend. Ooh. Ooh. I'm listening. Uh, I so I started Life is Strange. Okay. Uh, which is a game that you got me for Christmas. Okay. And it's interesting. I don't really know how I feel about it yet. What's it about? I don't know anything about it. Uh, well, so far, it's kind of confusing. So it's you play as this girl who is going to like art school. And at the very beginning of the game, there's like a tornado and she's like running to a lighthouse to like make sure she doesn't die. And then all of a sudden she's in school (laughs) and she's like, what was that? Was I dreaming? And then like, then like stuff happens and she, you find out you can rewind time and, but, and she knows that she can rewind time. And so it, yeah, <laughs> it's like it sounds kind of interesting. I don't really know. That sounds strange, but yeah. I mean, it's called Life is Strange. Yeah, I'm like trying to wrap my brain around what am I doing? Hmm. Like, there's, there's gonna, I know there's gonna be a reason why I can do these things and why I'm learning about these things in this certain way. Right. But it, yeah, it's just very confusing. I mean, to my knowledge, it's much more just of a story-based game. Like it's like a yeah. almost almost like a visual novel. Like the yeah. the game the gameplay takes a backseat to the actual narrative. Yeah. I mean, you really can't do anything other than look at stuff and rewind time. Interesting. So far. Okay. Um so yeah. So in interested to keep playing and see what it's about i think when i think of a cozy game i don't know that i would label it cozy okay but interesting nonetheless i so. just uh yeah when i got it for you i i had a feeling like maybe it wasn't quite cozy in yeah. the way that we would properly <laughs> define a cozy video game but yeah. i was trying to think outside the box a little no bit. i mean it's still it's still a type of because you'd also know that I love like puzzle games or like trying to figure out something within a game. And I think this is kind of like that. It's like the, the things that I can look at seem like they're kind of like clues, but like I won't know what they mean until later, if that makes sense. Mm, okay. So I do like that aspect. A little of bit it. of detectivizing. Yeah, because I had that I had that dream and then I was like once I was back in the class or that dream whatever however the beginning started where it's like she's about to die because there's like a big tornado or whatever right um so that happened but then as i was looking around the classroom i went to this bulletin board because she's in a photography class and there was a picture of a lighthouse and then there was like something else and it was like direct reference to that beginning clip and i was like oh like this is what she dreamt of well dreamt in quotations it seemed like it actually happened but yeah, so I was like, oh, that's cool. That Like, it's a reference to that. Like, I need to pay close. It made me think, like, I need to pay closer attention to the things that I can look at. Mm. And there's also this, like, missing girl poster that's, like, all over the school. So I'm like, okay, that's going to come up. That's weird because it's everywhere. So I'm inter- it kind of reminds me of, like, Little Misfortune, but, like, without the humor. Mm. So, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Little Misfortune's humor is kind of... It's, it's it's dark whole, humor. It's whole Carlin card, yeah. you know. So yeah, I would wonder if removing that element would actually keep me uh, entertained, so to speak. Really, the Little Misfortune humor is a one. No, that's what I'm saying. If you took oh, it, if you okay. took out, if you took out the best part, which is yeah. its humor, yeah. would it still be fun? Oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Probably not. 
Um, so yeah, so I started that, but then I got tired of doing that and it seemed really dark and heavy. So I started playing Cozy Grove, which is a game that I had bought for like five that's, bucks. That's not a cozy game, is it? It's absolutely I'm, cozy. I'm joking, yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, I bought it for like five bucks before the holiday and it's actually really cute and I really am enjoying it. So it was a nice palate cleanser after nice. some scary stuff that happened in Life is Strange. Um... Last things, books. <laughs> so two books that I started this weekend. I, well, really this week, I started this romance book called uh, Done and Dusted. It's a nice little Western kind of romance. Very spicy. And it's, I'm listening to it on audiobook, which I do not ever listen to audiobooks because it's hard for me to follow along or like need to visually see it. But I was like, I'm in such a book rut, but I really do miss reading. Like, how can I consume books while I don't have to sit down and read, like without having to sit down and read? So I was like, you know what? While I work, I'll start this book. It's a romance. So like, how much do I really need to follow along with it? And I'm actually enjoying it a lot. But having spicy parts read to you... Oh, this is the audiobook that you've been listening to? I've been hearing you listen to? Yes. It is. I gotta say, not. I'm not impressed. <laughs> no, you missed the real spicy stuff. I've been in this room while listening to it. And, like, to hear it verbalized, I'm like, my God. <laughs> I'm like, can our neighbors hear this? Oh, oh. Because <laughs> it's a lie. And just, like... It's just a lot. I'm like, goodness. Okay, <laughs> I, I've, yeah. I have not overheard anything yeah. like that. Oh, so. no. You, you didn't hear the the good parts. I will say, the the parts that I did hear, I, I was not too impressed with the writing. Um, it seems... Uh, yeah, the writing's whatever, but... It seems but simple, yeah. The writing's whatever, but... And it's also, it's weird, too, because... You know, some of the chapters are from her point of view, the girl's point of view. Some of the chapters are from the guy's point of view. But they like, so like <laughs> when it's when it's the guy's point of view and he reads the girl's dialogue, <laughs> for some reason it takes me out of the book because it just sounds so funny. Oh, when the, <laughs> when, sorry, when the, when the girl reads the guy's dialogue? No, when the girl reads the guy's dialogue, it's whatever. When the guy reads the girl's dialogue. Oh, wait, why are they them. why are they switching uh, voiceover people? Because it's a, each chapter is from each person's point oh, of view. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's just really funny. They wouldn't. Why would they do it like? That? <laughs> it's just funny because it'll be the you know the guy talks with the, like a Western accent that's real deep like that, and then <laughs> he'll read what the girl says. He'll be like, she. He'll be like she collapsed in my arms and whatever and then it'll be the girl's dialogue and he'll be like hold me, <laughs> hold me. <laughs> i'm like what wait <laughs> it's like it it's jarring every time i hear it because it just is such a different tone of voice and it's just funny well that's ridiculous <laughs> but it's still good it's still a good read so if you're interested in a, a fun little romance dive into it and then last but not least, I started reading Z-Way's book, Black Friend, and so far I am loving it. Z-Way's so funny. I loved her show. I'm literally so upset that it was canceled. Who is uh, Z-Way? She's like a comedian, but she's known for this kind of like sarcastic humor that like, and 
what she does is she like interviews people and basically like talks about things like racism and politics and things like that uh but in a very like comedic way and so this book is just kind of like a bunch of personal essays about like her experiences and all sorts of stuff but very very funny and excuse me sorry i burped um and also like sad because <laughs> you know the experience of a black woman's not always the best so yeah but i don't know really good i 10 out of 10 recommend so far and i'm not that deep into it but it's like exactly like what you would imagine from her based on if you've seen her show nice yeah cool I'm into so, it. yeah that was a mouthful i'm sorry i took a long time that's all good how about before we talk about what we both like the like the movies that i'm assuming you want to talk about that we both watched i'll give my update then we yeah. can do a, a combined go for little it update at the end i'm okay. getting a headache so i'm gonna take some medicine okay you do that and i'll just start uh i'll start riffing here we go so uh for my end i went to the i went to the movies this week twice actually so one of which was one of the movies that we saw but i also went and saw godzilla minus one again i actually saw Godzilla minus one minus color. So it was basically the whole Godzilla minus one movie, but in black and white. And obviously I still loved it as much as I did the first time, but I gotta say on repeat viewings, I will probably choose to watch this movie in color. Uh, to watch it in black and white did kind of give it this really cool vintage feel because i mean it's it's a movie that takes place in like the 1940s and the original godzilla came out in like 1954 and there's just uh yeah it's just kind of like there's just this air of like you know this is this is one of the oldest film franchises to ever exist so for them to do a re-release of this like of the best godzilla movie ever made in the modern era in black and white makes total sense but uh yeah I, I mean i guess just for me like you know it was great but when i'm gonna recommend it to people i'm gonna say well make sure you watch the one that's in color but on the flip side i did see mad max fury road in the black and chrome edition which that was just in black and white i watched that like two or three months ago and i thought it was awesome i don't know if it might have been the bias of like, I just watched Godzilla for the first time like a month ago and I hadn't seen Mad Max Fury Road in a while. But when I watched Mad Max in black and white, I was like, that seemed like appropriate for the black and white medium, like excellent. But then when I watched Godzilla Minus One, I was like, no, I would have preferred that in color. So I don't know. Um, so anyway. Uh, that's the only movie update I have. I'm going in your, your order. So, mm -hmm. uh, next I have shows. I mm -hmm. finally finished watching Blue Eye Samurai and I loved it. I Don't, it was, no spoilers. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything. Okay. Why would I do that? Um, the only thing getting spoiled is the two movies in the title of this podcast. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, Blue Eyes Samurai was great. I highly recommend it. It's like my favorite show that came out last year, probably, other than The Last of Us. 
in the bear season two, but it's, I mean, it was, it was phenomenal. It was great. I highly recommend it. It's, uh, it's on Netflix. It's eight episodes. I just finished writing my review today and it's a five out of five. It's, it's great. I, I can't recommend it enough. It's, um, to summarize the, one of the final key points that I make in my review, um, I said, it's not often a show comes out where you kind of it feel it captures that unique feeling of like this is something special. This is really good, and it's gonna be a big deal. Uh, like when you watch Avatar: The Last Airbender for the first time, or like Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad, like those those truly great high level shows. I I feel like I felt that when I was watching this. So highly recommend go check it out. On the gaming front. Let's see. On the gaming front, I've still been playing that Prince of Persia game. I will keep playing it. That's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's fun. But what I really want to talk about is I did not expect this. I was not going to play this game. I just kind of was going to view it from the sidelines or something. But uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth came out on Friday. And it's uh, it's from the Yakuza series. So the Yakuza games have been coming out for the last like twenty years, and they're they come they they're made in Japan, and they're never actually called Yakuza in Japan. Yakuza is just like the marketing name that they chose for the West uh, twenty years ago. So like in twenty twenty, they came out with a game called Yakuza Like a Dragon, and that was actually like Yakuza Seven, I think. And then they basically just changed the name of the series to Like a Dragon after that, which is a little confusing. It's almost like a Fast and Furious situation, you know? Um, but, yeah, so the, this one's called Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. And it might seem like it's Yakuza Like a Dragon 2 because it's got, like, a new protagonist and everything. Like, um, the main protagonist of, like, Yakuza's zero through six i say yakuza zero because that's a game uh that takes place before yakuza one um but it may look like it's just yakuza like a dragon two but it's actually like yakuza eight which is to say that it's like following the same continuous storyline throughout this entire series i have not followed the storyline but from what i've heard uh this game is kind of like a almost like an Avengers Endgame level uh, game of like it it's taking a lot of different characters from throughout the franchise and putting them all in one game. But at the same time, like this is my first time playing any single one of these games, and I'm not entirely lost. It does a very good job of like keeping you up to speed for a first time listener or first time player who doesn't have the context it's like it's telling you the context of all of these things so you don't have to be lost throughout the experience but what i really like about it is that it's it's like an it's an rpg so it's got like turn-based combat and all of that but it's it takes place it starts out in japan and then it moves to hawaii and it's like the the characters are animated to look like, you know, a little bit more realistic. They're not like anime characters, so to speak. Um, they're like 
you know, detailed graphical models of human beings. And it's all taking place like in, you know, modern day and age. It's just like, you know, people in a city, but it's goofy as all heck. And the fact that it's an RPG is like, you're just going to be walking down the street and suddenly some like ne'er-do-wells on the street are going to stop you and it's like oh we got to get into a fight in the middle of the sidewalk and it'll be like you're fighting low lifes or oh you're you're fighting drunkards or you're fighting um you're you're fighting like a dining dasher um it's like you just get into fights with people who when you think of like i don't know just bad people in general it'll just kind of give them like this title of like a bad quality of a person and those are the types of people that you get into fights with um it's just got this weird like goofiness to it of like i i broke into the way like the way that the way that it's it's an rpg so you know like the different types of people that you get into fights with have different qualities like there's different enemy types in rpgs like if you um mario's not exactly an rpg but think of like you know the difference between fighting against a goomba or a koopa or any number of different mario enemies like they're all kind of distinct and you know rpgs usually have those types of qualities like um think of like paper mario when you were playing that um so the game still does that, but it does it in like these really weird and goofy ways of like picking up on character traits of people. Like it'll be like a really big guy or like I broke into this uh, Yakuza hideout place and there was a guy in the hideout who was like sleeping in a sleeping bag and I like woke him up and he's still like, he's he's like fully zipped in a sleeping bag all the way, like all the way around him. It's just his face sticking out. Um and he like stands up and he like looks like a caterpillar because he's this guy in a sleeping bag but he's got like his own specific move set from being like a wormy looking guy in a sleeping bag it's like it's it's really weird like he does like a little head dive attack at me and it's the fact that it's like combining these like rpg elements that you find in like fantasy games but then combining it with like real life people and turning like life into a goofy rp or well turning life into an rpg so to speak it's just it's so it's so goofy but it's incredibly charming and i'm just i'm enjoying everything about it because the story is also like really interesting and it's really good and the fact that it's taking place in hawaii it's like oh here we go like let's Let's view American culture through this Japanese lens and see how that uh, see how that goes. And it's just like really, really interesting. It's like you know, get into a fight with like a random guy at the grocery store, and then suddenly you know, from beating him up, you, you now like when you defeat enemies in RPGs, you get like money usually at the end of your fight. So if you to like get into a fight with this guy at the grocery store and now suddenly you've gotten four dollars from kicking this guy's butt it's like it's like wait what um and it's just like that that weird like it's it would be really weird for rpg mechanics to exist in real life um it's just a total blast i I, i'm really enjoying it um it's uh i didn't i really had no plans of playing it i know that these games are usually extremely long 
But if anything that I just said sounds interesting to you, I highly recommend checking it out uh, because there's just so much to it beyond even what I've described. So yeah, I'm really, really, really looking forward to playing it. Baldur's Gate 3 is uh, just going to get moved to the back burner and Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth is in. It is in. It has my full attention as far as games go right now. Um... Okay, that was a mouthful, so I'll keep my next bit quick. Uh, I finished reading a comic book called Batman White Knight in which uh, the Joker essentially, like, gets his psychosis fixed and becomes, like, a good guy, and then... Like in Harley Quinn. Yeah, he, like, flips the script on Batman and basically makes Batman look like the worst thing to ever happen to Gotham, to the people of Gotham, and... He, like, becomes a councilman and is trying to, like, rally everybody behind him. And, like, Harley Quinn even joins him. And it's just this really interesting... I've talked about it uh, on the podcast when I first started reading it, like, months ago. Uh, But I finally finished it. And I did think it was really interesting. I think it was a little flawed. It kind of, like, fell into some of the traditional uh, story issues that you might find in like a comic book where it just it seems like oh that's like a a leap in logic or like oh that character kind of came out of nowhere like that felt like a deus ex machina but overall I think it was incredibly different and I would like to see this story uh, get some kind of adaptation in whether it's live action or like an animated film. This is in Harley Quinn, the show. Well, yeah, I mean, it was no, but like the Joker became not a crazy person in Harley Quinn, but did he become like. He became mayor. He became mayor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. he was the mayor. Oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. That's great. <laughs> well, all right. It would be really cool for them to tell that story in live action in some capacity. I think. I think it's it would be a fresh take on on the uh, traditional Batman formula that we need. We don't just need, you know, Robert Pattinson fighting against the Joker. I want I want the Joker to turn Robert Pattinson into the bad guy. Oh my gosh. I just don't want the Joker in any live action. I'm like there's so many other villains. Why are we so focused on the Joker? Eh, that's fair. Let's do something different. Well, Aside from that, I, I would I would recommend that book. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. And aside from that, I finally got around to reading Saga Volume Eleven. It's it's back, uh, and I've uh, I picked up I picked up the latest volume of Saga. We I think our seventh episode or sixth episode of the podcast. Yeah, we did we did Saga. Um. And you did not end up continue reading it. No. But it's it's one of my favorite graphic novel series of all time. It uh, it's been coming out for like twelve years now, and they're on volume eleven. There was like a brief hiatus, but now it's back, and they're gonna finish it. And I'm really excited for it. And I highly recommend it to anyone and everyone who's interested in a story about. Uh, so many different themes. It's like an insane amount of themes. It's also very mature. It's very inclusive. Uh, sometimes it's a little 
It's got some difficult things. It's in got there. some, yeah, it's got some very difficult things in it. Um, overall, it's like it's an incredible read. There's just so much going on with it, and it's all told through this like massive space opera of a story. Um, it's great. I highly recommend it. Nice. Anyway, that's uh, that's all of my updates. And it was a big, big, big old update. How, how <laughs> deep into this episode are we already? Oh my god, it's been thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, all right. We well, let's just talk about our movies. Mention, let's briefly mention what we saw together. Yes. What did we watch? Um, so we went and saw American Fiction. Both of us thought it was fantastic. Loved it. Loved it. So good. Oh my gosh, such a good movie. If you love like literature if you love movies like if you love any of those sorts of entertainment and especially the history of like black portrayals like portrayal of black people in those forms of entertainment (laughs) then watch this movie because it's just so great and funny like it's got humor to it um so yeah yeah absolutely it like it feels like reading a really good book. Yeah. Um, yeah. It feels like I'm in English class again, but in like a fun way. Yeah. And just the the amount of nuance and discussion that the movie brings up just within itself, like not even in the discussions that you might have mm-hmm. with people about the movie, which are sure to be fruitful and lengthy and amazingly, uh, you know, well crafted and detailed um <laughs> the movie itself is like it's it it feels like i'm in english class watching the movie like analyzing it yeah. and having like engaged in this discussion yeah and it gives multiple perspectives yes in the movie it's great yeah um fantastic we also watched we've kind of been going through and watching all the movies that are nominated for best picture yep so we also watched past lives which is a romance about Uh, These two Korean friends who grew up together but then eventually get separated because um, the woman named Greta, when she was like, I don't know, in elementary school, they her and her family immigrate to Canada. Yeah. And then she ends up moving to New York once she goes to college. Um, And so, yeah, they just... Her name's actually Na Young and then she changed her name to Nora. Nora. I couldn't remember what Greta is the actress's name. Didn't I say the actress? Yeah, I said Greta's the... Did I... Oh, did I not clarify that it was the actress? No. Oh, my bad. My bad. (laughs) What you said, I was like, this woman Greta. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. I meant to say played by Greta. Um, Greta Lee. Yes. Uh, But yeah, it's essentially, you know, they become distanced from each other. They kind of lose contact with each other. And then they, when they're in college, reconnect over Skype. Um, And yeah, they kind of like live their lives in two separate places. Greta Lee's character gets married, but then her friend comes to visit her and it's like oh my gosh like they this was their her first love like what's gonna happen now that and they haven't yeah, seen each and other they, haven't they, seen each other in they so never long. they never even had the opportunity to explore what it could be what it could have been yeah. yeah and so it's it's a good it's a great romance i don't typically like pure romance movies because i think they're all they can all be very cheesy and I think with rom-coms that's like part of the fun is like that it's so dumb and silly but with romances like yeah it's just it's a little too much and I just can't do it but this is a really great one yeah no I mean it it's like romance drama yeah it's I mean it's pure romance I wouldn't even call it drama it just feels like reality yeah 
uh, it's not dramatized in no. any way. It feels very like down to earth. Like it feels like I'm literally just watching something that happened to some people. Yeah. In real life. Yeah. And and it's like it's it's heartwarming and heartbreaking and sad and happy like all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, really great watch. I'm glad we watched it and check it out. Absolutely. All right. So with that said, shall we dive into this week's content? <laughs> yes. All right. Let's do it. Who's first? up first? I think you are. Oh my gosh. I, I the am. OC was first, right? Last, Last time? time? Oh, it was. Okay. So I'm talking about Patch Adams first. Yes. Okay. So this week I was assigned Patch Adams. It is a 1998 film starring Robin Williams. It tells the story of a man who, after a stint in a psychiatric ward, comes to realize the amazing sense of fulfillment that can be found in the simple act of helping other people. Because while he was at the psych ward, he helps himself and other patients cope with their diagnoses through humor as the hospital as the hospital's staff actually does very little in the way of providing them with earnest help. So after he leaves the psych ward, he dedicates the rest of his life to becoming a doctor so he may make a genuine difference in the lives of others and hopefully reform the medical system along the way by listening to and understanding the problems of the people that he treats and not just understanding their problems but understanding the people themselves. So throughout the film, there are doctors that are like looking at their patients like they're not even people, which he finds to be gravely disheartening. And the dean of the medical school that he goes to in particular has it out for Patch uh, as he disagree- he disagrees with Patch's ex- excessive happiness, quote-unquote. And he fears how it may damage the prestigious role of, of being a doctor. So... Through his journey in medical school, he begins developing aspirations of providing free health care to those who truly need it, which opens things up for him to make a true difference, which unfortunately comes with some unaccountable consequences when one of his clinic's patients, who's a little troubled, murders his friend, colleague, and lover, Corinne. That was a very very tragic part of the movie but by the end of the film the school is refusing to let him graduate but during his hearing with the state medical review board he convinces and inspires them to let him graduate and practice medicine because although his approaches are unorthodox they seem they the the review board sees them as a much-needed revolution of the practice of medicine. And apparently, this is all a true story, and Patch dedicated his life after that to truly taking his medical practice that would provide much-needed care to patients in need for free of charge off the ground. (laughs) There was a lot of words in between that. But uh, yeah, that's that's the movie. That's the whole movie. Um, How did I do? Great job. Thank you. Uh, so, all right, first off, this movie's great. It's heartfelt. It's also very tragic. It's emotionally complex. Uh, wait, no, that's just an umbrella term I say sometimes. It's just, it's very emotional. Um, there's a part in particular where he's crying over Corinne's grave, and he's like, I'm sorry, honey. And I just kind of, like, lost it when that was happening. I'm like, that, I'm I'm a mess. Like, this is tough. I, the credits rolled, and I, you, you saw me. I was like... I was just sad. Yeah. 
the scene where he's cheering up all the kids in the hospital also just like that just totally broke me I gotta say um because there's just these adorable kids and they're just going through it and they just seem miserable and he goes in there and he's putting on this whole clown routine he's just trying to get them to laugh and you can tell that it makes all the difference in their experience at a big scary hospital you know I do got to say, though, there is a part at the end of the movie where all the kids come into his hearing and they put on red noses on. Like, yeah, they put their they put red noses on as kind of like a wink to, you know, the whole like clown routine he did. And everybody's smiling and laughing and the music is playing and it's supposed to be all heartfelt. And I just got to say that part was a little cheesy to me. It was a little on the nose. (laughs) Um, I can't. (laughs) Um, but overall, like, yeah, it's, it's great and heartwarming. It's also very clearly like not a perfect movie. I did. I was left with like so many questions about like how he was able to get away with some of the things that he did. Uh, who was he before he went to the psych ward? How was he paying for medical school? That kind of stuff. But, uh, overall, like it's a great movie. It kind of, it has this not weird's not the right word, but it, it has this like, it feels like it's trying to capture the air and energy of the Shawshank Redemption mm-hmm. in a way, um, which I guess works for it. I just kind of wish I had felt something different than mm-hmm. that. I mean, it, it works, but like the the Shawshank Redemption is like the highest rated movie on IMDb of all time um, for how it uh i guess flips flips a positive out of a negative mm-hmm. um and this kind of feels like that but mm-hmm. uh and it, d- it didn't feel didn't feel as authentic i guess mm. but it's a great movie highly yeah. recommend it yeah yeah that's fair it'll make you sad <laughs> yeah um anything else before i dive into facts well what do you think about this movie I enjoyed this movie. The first time that I saw it, it made me really sad. I watched this. Honestly, I I watched this my freshman year. And at the time, I had aspirations of being a pediatrician. Um, and so, I don't know. I just, like, felt really inspired by it. And, yeah, I don't know. I just, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Clearly, I did not become a pediatrician. Yeah, what, uh, <laughs> what happened to those aspirations? I failed chemistry. Uh. <laughs> and was like i cannot do this so no it goes way. so it goes yeah so switch to psychology which is still relevant you know to this movie um but but yeah i don't know i just really enjoyed it i love robin williams he's fantastic he always just like puts a smile on your face when you see him just do the silliest things and so yeah i don't know it just it definitely feels like he was made to play this role. Right. Like, if anybody else had played the role of Patch Adams, it wouldn't have worked as well. Yeah. Because it just it just feels like Patch Adams is Robin Williams. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess when, the first time I saw it, I didn't really think too deep about it. Watching it a second time, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like like you said, the, the ending's kind of like a, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a, okay um ties it up in a nice with a nice little bow but 
Like it felt like I was watching the like, Airbud or something. Yeah, and just it was the inspirational moment. Yeah, it was the oh captain my captain moment. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but at the end of the day, I don't know. I just thought it was a a nice inspiring story about healthcare <laughs> and yeah. like ways to do it better. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Any other thoughts? I mean, uh, the. Uh, it could have done a little bit better job depicting mental health, but uh, oh yeah, I know. mean, any of these. <laughs> so does older, every movie. <laughs> any of these older movies, especially these older movies that depict mental health, it's never the best depiction. Yeah, but I did appreciate what well, I really liked. This like old man that he met when he was in the psych ward, who, um, he basically wasn't viewed as. He was viewed as like crazy because he was trying to crazy not being the most kosher word here, so I apologize. Um, but he was he was basically seen as somebody who was digging too deep into the potential of like the human mind, mm-hmm. and that made him a little kooky. Mm-hmm. And but then there's this really great scene where he and Patch Adams are talking, mm-hmm. and he. Because every time somebody new comes to this place, he asks, he puts up four fingers and he asks people, how many fingers do you see? Mm -hmm. And they say four and he goes, idiot. Mm -hmm. Um, And it turns out the secret is like, you got to look beyond the problem. Mm -hmm. You got to look like, I'm going to put up four fingers in front of you, but you got to look at me. And when you're looking at me, how many fingers do you see? It's like, because your finger, his fingers are no longer in focus. You're actually seeing eight fingers Mm -hmm. and i i really like that and it like it came Mm -hmm. back it came back later during a conversation that patch was having with um the dean of the school who really like wants him to be out of the school the guy's like literally telling him like i don't want you here get out of here and patch just kind of like crosses his eyes a little bit and sees like two of the guy and he just kind of giggles to to himself Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like his way of like it's almost like this symbolic way of saying like this guy is the problem, but patch is looking beyond the problem. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he care, he doesn't care about what this guy thinks. Mm-hmm. He cares about going to go help people. Yeah. And I think they did a good job with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now hit me with the facts. Okay. Um, so this is based on a true story. If you did not know that. I, I did know that. Yeah. I think it says at the beginning of the movie. Um, so this is about the life of Hunter Adams, a.k.a. Patch Adams. Um, and the really cool thing about Hunter Adams is like he was really he was such a big advocate of like a humanistic approach to like providing health care. So very person centered, like, you know, treating the person like a person <laughs> um, and all these other really great things. So. He was a huge advocate um, and he was considered the first clown doctor. Uh, And apparently this practice is called clown care or hospital clowning. Um, And it became like a popular program in healthcare facilities in the 1980s. Um, Wow. So that's like kind of cool. Yeah, Yeah. that's a really cool thing. That's cool. Yeah. Um, So interestingly, the real Hunter Adams hated this movie oh no (laughs) yeah thought it was just 
terrible. Oh, no. Um, he, he felt that it simplified and minimized his approach to healthcare. Like, he has these, you know, really strong, really meaningful philosophies. And the movie makes it like, oh, this guy's just silly. Like, he's a silly I doctor. I mean, it's Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Robin Williams... It, famously improvises <laughs> everything <laughs> yeah and um i think the real hunter adams kind of mentions in interviews like i do so much social justice work like i do so much activism and he didn't feel that that was apparent in this movie right it was all just kind of played for laughs exactly yeah um so very very fair he also was really frustrated because he was hoping that like the proceeds they made from the movie would get donated to his free hospital, um, the Gazuntite Institute. And it didn't. So he was just like really frustrated. He was like, oh, all this rough. money that got made from my life, and it's not even going to something that I believe. It's not in. going to his life's work. Exactly. Um, so very, very frustrating. And I, I hate that, 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 that was the case. Yeah. Um, so lucky for you, the character Corinne was fictional. Um, lucky for me because you were very upset about I it. Was <laughs> so there, he, his girlfriend did not pass away. That's like good. That. Oh. Um, but just but, movie stuff. Well, oh no. Well, <laughs> uh, well, one, he did meet his wife in med school. Okay. So some of the like, uh, like the date, the you know when he like fills the balloons in the apartment. I think that was like a real thing that he did for his girlfriend at the time. Um, her death, his wife did not die in that way. Uh, however, oh, he, she did pass away though. I don't think so. What? Just wait. I'm not okay. Done with my uh, sorry. Continue. All right. Continue. Continue. <laughs> so his his wife did not pass away in that way however that part was inspired by a male friend of his who died under similar circumstances so there was someone in his life who passed away in that kind of very scary way gotcha um but i think his wife was fine <laughs> i think yeah gotcha. <laughs> so when you said that his wife did not pass away in that way because it i wasn't it sounded like she did pass away <laughs> In a different way. <laughs> no, I mean I don't. I don't know if she's still alive or not. I'm sure she is. Well, but, yeah. So what's up with Patch Adams in the modern era? Is he still alive? Yes. Is he still practicing? Where's is, yeah. is the Gazuntite Institute still thriving? It is still a thing. Wow. Um, I looked it up. They actually have been built. They were like building a bigger kind of campus where they can do. I'm so sorry. I'm so like burp, I keep burping. Um, where they do like. Uh, educational stuff and like teach you know a more person-centered approach to medicine um, but also they still have you know the healthcare aspect where people can come and receive services for free and all of that kind of stuff and it's more of like a communal space where everyone kind of pitches in and helps when they can so it's still a thing they I don't know if they finished because they were like building a new building I was on the website they were building a new building I don't know if it's finished because uh, there's like multiple aspects to it. They had a whole timeline for it. The website's a little confusing. <laughs> so I wasn't quite sure what's still a thing and what isn't. Um, but yeah, but it seems to be thriving. He's still educating people all over the all over different countries as well. 
educating people on his approach to um, providing healthcare. So pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. Um, some more facts. So during filming, Robin Williams and the rest of the cast and crew worked really closely with Make a, the Make-A-Wish Foundation uh, and wanted to, you know, give back to some of the kids who had cancer. And those kids were the kids that we saw in the movie. Um, so, yeah, so they tried to, you know, do some really great things with, with, the, with the kids. Um, Love that. Yeah. You so this the movie's set in Virginia and it's on a, most of it's on the college campus and you were like oh do you know what school that is like is that your school and I was like it is not my school I don't know what school that is um, it's actually University of North Carolina <laughs> oh that checks out yeah. that's yep yeah it, it makes is a lot isn't of sense. it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and cool thing is. Robin William did stand-up comedy for some of the classes that were in session while they were filming. I'm like, can you oh, imagine cool. you go to class and Robin Williams shows up to do stand-up? Robin William or Robin Williams? Williams. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, I said it right. <laughs> you you missed the S on one of those. Um, I'm just making fun of you. Um, <laughs> that's funny. I I went to a Boston University stand-up show and why were you at boston university oh uh i was visiting a past partner for valentine's day yeah um at boston university and the uncle from full house was doing a stand-up show (laughs) he that's the same caliber as robin williams he was he was fun and they also did like a dating game thing where like a, there was a guy sitting up there and then there was three girls but he couldn't see any of them and they had to like answer his questions and stuff yeah and he you know he had to pick one at the end and the comedian or the guy was, uh no, the guy who was the, chosen the guy that was chosen the comedian was he was the MC for the whole bit and uh it was fun interesting anyway robin williams patch adams <laughs> All right, last fact. You said Robin Williams was made for this role. It was a perfect role for him. Well, Uh Bill Murray actually declined the role of Hunter Patch Adams, which I still think Robin Williams is the better choice. Yeah, Bill Murray wouldn't have been a bad choice. Bill Murray's got that, like, kind of sarcastic humor. Like, I don't see him as, like... That's true. Compassionate, working with children kind of... (laughs) That's true. ...kind of humor, you know? Yeah, he's a bit more dry. Yeah, so... I think Robin Williams was the perfect choice for this. Um, but yeah, that's all that I have. Nice. Well, gr- I mean, great movie. Um, I feel like both of our movies this week were not not closely related, but subtly related. They were both they both kind of came out in the same. Like yours came out in '98, mine came out in '96, mm. and they both share an actor. I'm not gonna tell you who. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna tell. Like, yeah, I'm gonna. Who? I'm gonna tell you later. Okay. After we talk about my movie. Yeah, I can't. I'm trying to like think back, and I can't think. Um. Okay. Are we ready to dive into it then? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. So I was assigned Fargo, which you said came out in 1996. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Um. So this is a story about a man named Jerry, played by William H Macy, and he hires two criminals to kidnap his wife. And ask his wealthy father-in-law for ransom. 
So his goal here was for his father-in-law to give him this large sum of money that he would then take a portion of it to pay to the kidnappers and keep the rest for himself to pay off some debts that he had. Um, however, it is important to know that this man is an absolute idiot. <laughs> Incredibly so incompetent. Dumb. So incompetent. Um, and his plan like immediately falls to pieces. It is just terrible. Um, so throughout the movie, the kidnappers end up killing multiple people. And a wonderful detective named Marge. Marge. <laughs> Marge. Um, played by Francis McDormand queen is like piecing together the case flawlessly she's got it all figured out the moment she saw a little footprint in the snow fantastic um and by the end of the movie the kidnappers are dead and jerry gets arrested um and so yeah that's the movie there's a lot of you know things that happen in between a lot of back and forth it all takes place in uh, minnesota yeah so we get a lot of oh geez oh geez yeah the word, um, the word yeah was said 179 <laughs> times. Because that's just like their response to everything. She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, that's the movie. Uh, overall. What? Huh? Oh, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Overall, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was so funny. I love the accents. Love them so much. The Midwestern accents. I loved, I loved Marge so much. I just want, oh, I just, well, I'll say this for in a second. Just fantastic. Great. All the actors were wonderful. Um, questions that I have is, is the wife alive? The wife who got kidnapped. It was unclear. At one point we see her on the ground, kind of like knocked out. It looks like, but I was like, was she dead? Was she just knocked out? I don't know. Well, so why are you are you asking because it said that the movie was based on a true story? No, I'm just asking based on what little information I was given. From well, okay. Well, ba- I mean, well, in that case, like, what do you think? I'm guessing she's still yeah. alive. Okay, because I mean, it's not in that case. So okay, in the context of like it being a true story, then yeah. it's like yeah, then we can answer that question. But if it's not a true story, then it's like, you know, we're oh. not supposed to know the answer to yeah. that question. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? These are just questions I had when I finished it. Not thinking about whether the fact the fact it was a true story or not. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, the 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 open at the opening of the movie, there's like a disclaimer that says like these this is all based on true events. Yeah. Um and it was like out of respect for the living, we have changed everybody's names, but for the out of respect for the dead Everything yeah. was told exactly as as it happened. Yeah. Or how it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm pretty sure the wife's dead. She died? They killed her? I'm pretty sure based on what I saw in the movie. But we didn't see her dead. We didn't see her dead. But she, she was, just was on like, the ground, she was passed the, out. She was on the ground, she passed been out. Unconscious. Yeah, she was on the ground, passed out, unconscious um, from a man who literally proceeded to then axe murder and then uh, put, put, put his, his partner part, in the yeah. wood chipper yeah that's fair. so i don't know what do you oh, think no. oh poor woman i felt so but she was just at home knitting minding her business and they came and snatched her all because of her dumb husband yeah this movie's like super absurd yeah you know it's ridiculous 
absolutely ridiculous. Um, other questions that I have. Okay. What will the trial be like for Jerry? I mean, I know there's a show after this, so I'm curious as to like what's in the show, who's in the show. My biggest thing is, do does Marge come back? Is it Francis McDormand? So, okay, so the show the show is not uh, like connected to no! the movie. <laughs> like it's it's not like a continuation of the movie or anything. I thought it was. Yeah, I haven't seen the show. I just know that like each season is a distinct story. <gasps> In the show, it's more of an anthology. Ugh, all I want is a Marge show. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that after watching this movie again, I'm like, oh, I really want to watch the show. Yeah, well, I did until you just told me it's not related. Oh my gosh. But like, for all the, there's so many things that I love about this movie. Yeah. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like I get why this is good. Yeah. Watching it now as a more education, bleh, as an educated adult, yeah, I am like, this movie is near perfect. Like it is. It's great. It is flawless. There are so many great, mm-hmm. like just things to point to. Yeah. When you talk about like how to make a good movie. Yeah. No. I love it. Oh, Marge. I literally, I said, I want a show of her just solving cases. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> it's so, oh my, my favorite part is at the beginning, she's like looking at the, there was a car that got flipped over and there was somebody who was dead, who got, well, one of the kidnappers killed two people after he chased them in this car. So the, there was a car flipped over, someone was in it, but the guy had shot, the kidnapper had shot the person in the car and he shot a guy who was like running away from the car Mm -hmm. and so she comes on the scene and she's you know looking at everything and immediately she's like oh i know what happened this is what happened and it's like spot on and then she like bends over and like kind of has her hands on her knees and he's and her like partner's like marge are you okay she's like yep just morning sickness yeah she's like yep i just think i'm gonna throw up and then she stands up she goes i'm hungry it it passed i'm hungry yeah did we mention that she's pregnant yeah she's pregnant she's like super pregnant yeah (laughs) which like makes her even more of like the coolest person because she was like at the very end when she you know comes across the the stolen car that the kidnappers have and she realizes oh the, this is where the kidnappers are and she just goes right up there even though she's pregnant with her gun like like what did she what did she say like i don't even know what she's she just says. like stop police yeah she's like put your hands up or whatever and i'm like girl the guts you have <laughs> <laughs> not a care in the world she's like i'm gonna get them um but yeah last question i have is what was up with mike <laughs> Who's Mike? Mike is the guy who she meets for lunch. Oh, and Mike she, gonna get <laughs> And she finds out that he just like made up a whole story. Yeah, he like went to high school with her. Says that he married this woman Linda that they went to high school with, but that she died from leukemia. And then yeah. uh, he's just been so lonely, and he wanted to meet up with marge because she was always just such a super lady yeah and she was you know super nice and he's been so lonely but then yeah she finds out from her friend that he was stalking that he linda was a woman yeah he was never in a relationship with her linda is fine and yeah. that mike has been struggling with psychiatric problems yeah and that was just it yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Was like i need more of a conclusion is he okay yeah so when i was reflecting back on the movie i was like that part definitely seems like the most unnecessary part of the movie right yeah 
But then I was thinking to myself, like, oh, well, maybe it's in there to support this idea that, like, sh- how much of a super lady she is. Mm. And that even though this guy's being, like, kind of creepy, she's still, like, really nice to him. Yeah. And he remembers her yeah. as being, like, this awesome person all the way back to, like, high school. And now yeah. she's, like, I don't know, in her late 30s or 40s. Yeah. Or early 40s. Um, that being said, I do have some actual notes on that. So... Uh, one person wrote on IMDb trivia mm-hmm. that the purpose of that scene is to it's like to throw people off and make them make her or throw Marge off and make Mm-mm. her think that Mm-mm-mm. maybe he did it. It's to no, no 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 no. It's to show well one they actually okay wait. one the directors said that they wrote it in to show her life outside of the case and outside of her marriage because mm-hmm. um, otherwise we don't get that at all in the movie. But also. Uh, I read somebody wrote on the IMDb trivia that the Mike Yanagita scene is often considered one of the most pointless scenes in cinema history. But then they say, but it's not uh, because her discovery that everything that Mike told her was a lie ultimately leads ultimately leads her to investigate Jerry further Mm. because she goes to where Jerry works at this car dealership and he's lying through his teeth and it's like pretty obvious um and so yeah the the scene is meant to kind of inform her like yeah people are maybe lying straight to your face and you're not even realizing it so maybe go check out that jerry guy yeah yeah that's fair so for for it it yeah serves like a dual purpose and so yeah under that argument it's like yeah you know what it's not that most it's not unnecessary yeah. Although on the surface, when you see it, it's like, what is the scene doing here? I mean, even if it was, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much. I was like, oh no, Mike. <laughs> oh no. Oh jeez. Oh jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was wild. <laughs> I was like, no, poor Linda. Um. <laughs> but yeah, so I enjoyed that little random bit yeah yeah yeah. anything anything with more marge oh my gosh okay uh any other thoughts um no i don't think so okay uh well all right well buckle up because i got tons of facts Mm -hmm. um so yeah i i thought like this movie is like near perfect um it's I, I the first thing I wrote before I started taking my notes. I just wrote this movie is like near perfect. It's this perfect blend of absurdity, dark comedy, and like genuinely terrifying violent acts. Yeah. And and you know I was like it's all based on a true story. Like how is that even possible? Like this movie's great. Mm-hmm. Apparently Tom Hanks also thinks so. He was somebody. This was in the trivia. Like somebody interviewed Tom Hanks and. Fargo came up and he was like that is a perfect movie yeah um I would watch it again as like my leading up to the holidays movie like because it's a wintry movie you know yeah so yeah, it's like yeah. December 1st watch Fargo okay you know? I'm into it I'm into it I'm down uh all right other fun fact although it's called Fargo most of the movie doesn't even take place in the town of Fargo the first scene of the movie takes mm-hmm. place in Fargo uh they just called it Fargo because it sounded cooler because most of the movie takes place in a place called Brainerd. Brainerd. And they weren't going to call it that. So <laughs> That's funny. Uh, this movie is directed by the Coen brothers. But interestingly, it's also shot by Roger Deakins, who he's the cinematographer. That man is an absolute legend. 
He filmed the following movies as the cinematographer. He filmed Shawshank Redemption, The Big Lebowski, A Beautiful Mind, No Country for Old Men, True Grit, Rango with Johnny Depp, animated chameleon movie, uh, In Time with Justin Timberlake, Skyfall, Prisoners, Blade Runner 2049, and 1917. Wow, those are I've seen like three of those movies. Those all of those <laughs> movies are bangers. Mm-hmm. And I also can't believe Rango and In Time with Justin Timberlake are on that list. But good for that man. <laughs> um so apparently all of a bunch of the actors read a book called How to Talk Minnesotan <laughs> to <laughs> nail down their accents. Enjoyed that fact. <laughs> How do you read a book to learn how to how to just an accent talk with book? An accent. I don't know. Lots of I oh mean, yeah, I'd be like a coach. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Uh, so Norm or sorry, Marge has a husband named yeah. Norm in the movie, and he's kind of like a, he stays at home. Yeah, and you know she's he's like an artist, right? Yeah, he yeah. So he's uh, he's a painter. He's working on stamps. So apparently Joel Cohen and Francis McDormand and the guy that plays Norm, I apologize to that actor for not knowing his name, but he's a great actor and I've seen him on a lot of stuff. Um, they put together a backstory for the characters where Norm and Marge met on the police force and when they got married, they realized like one of them was going to have to quit. So Norm quit because Marge was the better police officer. Wow. So that's why he doesn't have a, do- a job and is painting instead love that yeah uh other fun fact francis mcdormand and one of the directors joel cohen have been married since 1984 and they are still married wow yep he fell in love with marge like i did (laughs) (laughs) um william h macy plays the character of jerry he and steve buscemi plays one of the kidnappers when Steve Buscemi tells William H. Macy's character over the phone, like, 30 minutes and we'll wrap this up, uh, the movie ends exactly 30 minutes after that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's funny. Um, apparently, William H. Macy had read for the role twice, didn't hear back, but he knew, like, deep in his gut that he was the perfect person for the role. So he went to where they had started filming and told them, uh, quote, I'm very, very worried that you're going to screw up this movie by giving this role to somebody else. It's my role, and I'll shoot your dogs if you don't give it to me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, like, he was joking, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they gave him the role. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was great. Yeah. He was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, S- Steve Buscemi plays one of the kidnappers, as I mentioned. The other one is played by Peter Stormare. Uh, Peter Stormare's character has 18 lines in the movie, and Steve Buscemi has over 150. Because he didn't shut up. He did not shut up. <laughs> he just talks the whole time. Um, all right, you know, here's a good one. Uh, so the movie is, in fact, not actually based on a true story. That is all made up. They didn't even reveal that to the cast until three weeks into filming the movie. So they revealed that they wrote that disclaimer at the beginning of the movie so that the viewer would be more willing to suspend disbelief in the story. And apparently... You just have this like look of shock on your face right now. <laughs> I'm like, is that legal? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It's genius is what it is. 
apparently the fact that they added that disclaimer at the beginning caused some people to go to Minnesota um, and like in in the movie Steve Buscemi gets the ransom money and yeah. then he buries it in the snow but then he gets like killed immediately oh. after because they put that disclaimer people <gasps> went to Minnesota for looking for the money <laughs> <laughs> Or so the urban legends say. Oh my gosh, the freaking like mayors and stuff are probably like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's when you know you've done a good job with your movie. You know, that's hilarious. It's the fact that it's like there's this money that's like it's this plot device. Yeah. That just gets but like thrown away. Like it's 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 put in the ground and buried, and then yeah. nobody even gets to touch it. Yeah. Um, I honestly, one I forgot that there was even the disclaimer that. I'm so sorry that it was a true story. Um, but two, I also forgot that the, he buried the money and like they both end up dying. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Well, one of the kidnappers doesn't die. He just gets shot in the leg by Marge. By Marge. Oh, I thought I thought she killed him. Nope. He, he got shot in the leg and she uh, she gave him this whole speech at the end. Like, oh, yeah. Cause why then she, would yeah, she even she, do it? Yeah, he was just in her car. So pointless. Yeah. Yep. Uh, right. Harv. Yeah. Harv Presnell plays Wade Gustafson. So he's the grandfather in this mm, movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hadn't made a movie in over 20 years, apparently. Mm. But he actually plays Dean Anderson in Patch Adams. Wow. He was like. The same guy? Yeah. He, was, he wasn't the dean of the medical school, but he was the dean of the school. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Same guy. Um. All right. Other fun fact: It was actually one of the warmest winters in over a hundred years in Minnesota. So most of the snow in the movie is actually fake. Dang. Other fun fact: The body count of this movie is seven. So five are from Peter Stormare's character, and two are from Steve Buscemi. Mm-hmm. And my final fact is that uh, Marge, you said. Like, oh, yeah, at the beginning of the movie, she's, like, you know, investigating the uh, turned over uh, vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, she actually doesn't appear in the movie. It's, it's like, a 90-minute movie. She doesn't even appear until 30 minutes into the movie. So mm-hmm. not even until a third of the way mm-hmm. into the movie. So she's only there for, like, an hour. But right. what an hour it was. I know. When she arrived, the movie became infinitely better. <laughs> I was like, uh, I, was, I wasn't sure about it. Now I'm sure about it. Heck yeah. She's great. I want a Marge shirt. Oh my gosh. I, we can, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Have you seen the poster for this movie? Like the... I don't, I don't know. Probably. Oh, it's like, it's like a, it's like a, what do you call that? Not knitting, not crocheting. Um, like cross stitch? Yes. It's a cross stitch. Look at this. Or it's like a rug or something. I don't know. Oh yeah. I've seen it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen it. Like, it's just, it's perfect. Yeah. It's great. It looks like a sweater. Yeah. Well, I want that sweater. Anyway. Great movie. Yep. Glad you enjoyed it. Yep. Um, any other thoughts? Nope. Excellent. So, let's go ahead and dive into next week's assignments. Sounds good. All right. Who wants to go first? I can go first. All right. So I have three options. I for also you. have three options for you. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Why are we on each other's wavelength? Like so every every week. 
the heck? Yeah, I have three options. I because I couldn't choose. Okay, I'd so, be happy with any of them. I'm gonna describe them to you. I was gonna do the same thing. I will let you know they are all three problematic in their own ways. Uh, okay. <laughs> so the first one's strange and sort of off-putting. The next one's a 90s teen classic. And then the last one is a contemporary teen film, but probably the most problematic of them all. But an interesting watch. <laughs> a contemporary teen film that's the most problematic of them all, but an interesting watch. Yeah. And then the it's middle the, one it's was... It's the newest one. It's like the one that came out re- most recently. Okay. But to me is, in terms of its content, very problematic. Okay. Uh, the 90s teen classic is the next newest movie that okay. came out um it's just a teen classic and then the strangest sort of off-putting one is the oldest one gotcha um but yeah it's just strange and off-putting i don't want to spoil it anymore. all right so this is this is a tough choice because i feel like whichever one of these i pick is going to dictate which one of mine i would want you to pick yeah so how about I describe mine <laughs> as well, and then we kind of talk it out. <laughs> okay. All right. So, okay, one of mine is an anime film. It's like an action film, okay? So it's, it's animated, yeah. made in Japan. Yeah. And it's like a high octane. Let's put it that way. Um, the second one is an American-made film, and it's a it's a thinker. It's a little sciencey, but it's really interesting. Parabolic calculus? No, no, no. <laughs> Deeper than that. <laughs> but like in a in an organic way, I okay. think. Uh like in an actually how science works ish gotcha. kind of way. And then the last one is a Hong Kong action film. Like a full on action I don't film. See how... So the the anime yeah. the anime I would say is less well, it's it's action oriented but it's it's more high octane is the best word description i don't know but it's <laughs> it's it's very appropriate for my film <laughs> how do you know if you don't even know what it means so like if we go with something a little a little like light-hearted i would go with like my anime movie if we're going for like a thinker like your first movie that you mentioned, I would well, go with my thinker. My first movie is not a movie. thinker. It's it's all strange these, and off putting. All of these have a romance element to it. They're not think like they're not thinkers. They're you just watch the movie. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So when I say strange and off putting, I just mean like I don't know. It's just, I don't even know how to. It's just like a weird movie. <laughs> it's just like a what am I? why why <laughs> interesting okay yeah uh i feel like we should just like roll the dice here or something because i don't know how to pick between your three do you have any thoughts on my three i think that my the one that i least want is probably the thinker i think oh you don't want the thinker yeah oh I, okay I, because i i think that our movies this time were so like heavy ah okay that right. mm, yes it'd be okay. nice to have something a little lighter okay 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 if the goal is light then i think i know which one of mine i'm gonna give you okay well you gotta pick one of mine I'm all right whoa, 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 whoa. uh is one of those project x no 
I'm saving that for spring break. <laughs> <laughs> got it, got it. Got I always it, do a it. party movie when it's spring break. Okay, I'm gonna give you the high octane anime film. Okay. Um. So, do any of yours involve cars in any capacity? No. Do any of? Them I mean, they. Include... I guess the '90s teen classic. They drive a car. Did, Someone did, learns how to drive. Is there any sense of competition in any of these movies? sure okay which one is that oh, hold on let's go with i'm gonna go with the 90s movie the 90s yeah let's go with that one okay yeah i'm digging that that's that's the most of the three you mentioned that's the one that i'm most like yeah let's hit that okay do you want me to say it now yeah yeah go for it it's clueless oh yeah <laughs> oh okay yeah no, i haven't seen it yeah i haven't seen it i was looking because i know it was playing at our movie theater but i think that was this past weekend and mm, we missed it because I, right. I couldn't see i didn't see it anymore that's right um yeah all right cool um i don't think my movie will line up with that well but um perfect that's what this podcast is all about well, what is yours mine is a movie called redline hmm uh, is it going to be as boring as Initial D? No, it's much more exciting than that. Okay. Much more exciting. It's okay. a movie. Okay. Initial D is like, you know, some strung out show yeah. where like little is happening. Redline is uh, very high energy okay. the whole time. High octane, as you yes, like to high say. Yes, high octane, <laughs> as I said. Yes. High octane. Okay. I, I need to Google what high octane might mean right now. <laughs> High octane meaning, uh, denoting gasoline having a high octane number and thus good anti-knock properties. Also could mean powerful or dynamic. I think that's a great way of describing my movie. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right. Do you want to hear what my other two were? Yeah, sure. Okay. My strange and sort of off-putting was Blue Lagoon. I don't even know what that is. Great. I'll save it for another time. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, and my contemporary team film that is the most problematic was The Kissing Booth. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm sure glad we did not pick that. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. My other two picks, which I'll probably just do for the next two weeks. Um, what? No. You got to mix it up. You got to surprise me. Well, then I won't tell you what these are. I mean, you can tell me what they are. I've been meaning to give you this thinker for a long time. So it's just been on the what back of my mind. It's called Gattaca. Oh, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Is Holly Berry in that? Uh, Uma Thurman. Okay. It's really good. I watched yeah. it in ninth grade biology. Gotcha. Um, and then my Hong Kong action film is called Hard Boiled. With Chow, oh, yeah. You were telling me about that. Chow Yun-Fat. It's a John Woo film. Yeah, you were telling me and about that the other day. That's a great movie. Yeah. I haven't watched it in like eight years. I was kind of hoping you would give me that one. Really? But you went to anime route. Well, you should have told me to give you the... Give me I wanted you to pick. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Clueless and Redline or Clueless and Hard Boiled. Clueless has a scene where Dion learns how to drive a car. So mm, okay. it is car related yeah, so, in some aspects. So Redline is about a... Uh, a big like intergalactic uh car race wow in space but it's anime it's and it notably the whole movie is hand-drawn 
So you'll see some. some I feel like we're saying too much about the assignments. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we actually, <laughs> you're getting the facts. <laughs> I haven't I, even no, watched just, it. I'm just trying to describe it. It's it's great. It's it's. I don't know if you'll like it, honestly, but I really enjoy it, and I think it's an incredible piece of art. Okay. And I think the story of uh, you know the making of it is fairly interesting. Okay. Cool. All right, cool. So next week we have uh, who, who went first this time? Patch you Adams. Went first. So, okay, yeah. so next week we have Redline and Clueless. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Content Swap Podcast. We know it. It's well, it hasn't gone that long. It hasn't even. We haven't even hit the ninety-minute mark. But uh, we might have been a little scattered this time. So uh, apologies for that. It's Sunday night. We're tired and uh yeah i hope you enjoyed the episode we'll see you next time for a high octane clueless <laughs> episode i don't know we gotta go to bed we'll see you next time have a great week and goodbye